Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. And it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself over the next few minutes I hope that you're taking notes I want to speak to you from this idea or from this topic in the second installment of relationship goals I want to talk to you from this idea the end the end come on let's pray Dear Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to just come in front of you, Lord God, and talk to you. And at the same time, Lord God, we pray, Father, that you would speak to us. Help us, Father God, as we kind of lean into relationship goals. Help us to identify where we are on the journey. Help us to course correct the areas that we need to, Lord. And help us to live and have healthy relationships. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for everything that you're going to do, Father God. It's in your beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen. And amen. Come on, one more time. Would you make some noise for Jesus? Come on. Yeah. Hey, Chris, bro, you're a legend. I was sitting back there and I was just listening. And how a lot of that stuff, by the way, we're spirit-led church. So a lot of the stuff that you heard in worship, we didn't practice nor had anything. But man, I just wanted to shout you out, bro, because you pivoted so well. And you just kept going. And man, you did such a great job. Okay. You got a fan club. Uh, but we were, I was just sitting back there and I told nuns, I said, did you guys rehearse that? And they were like, no, nah, we didn't rehearse that, man. So that's just a testament of your excellence, man. We're so grateful for you, man. And we love you. Come on, one more time. Can y'all make some noise for Chris? The end, part two of relationship goes. We we were talking, um, we were talking about last week about this idea of having a target when you have a relationship. And for some of us, we just get into relationships and we've learned from so many different TV shows and music, and that's what has taught us what relationships are. And if we actually can sit back and think about it, um, a lot of the way that we treat individuals, especially in a romantic relationship, has been taught to us by people, radio, sometimes sometimes movies, sometimes your weird auntie and uncle, maybe your parents. Um, But for the most part, a lot of what we are learning when it comes to the relationships isn't the best thing that we need to be learning. Um, As a matter of fact, I don't think the church has done the best job of explaining relationships and helping you to walk through relationships. I think the biggest uh, lesson that we learned and that Lydia shared with us last week is that the, the one thing that the church tells you to do is don't have sex before marriage. That's it. That's the end right there. That's relationship goes. Just don't have sex before marriage. Once you get married, have all the sex you want to. And both of you are going to kill each other and you're going to pull your hair and stab each other in the eye and praise yeah, the Lord. Yeah, there's just so much more than that. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully our goal is to create a target for you to be able to hit on the relationship journey. We talked about this idea that the relationship journey begins with you by yourself. You're the target, single. Then you walk into a dating relationship. From there, dating is not a destination. It's transportation to get you into an engagement 
where you can actually make something happen and believe that you're stepping into a marriage, which is the final step. And then you have, then you have kids. Once you enter into covenant, that's where things get really, really fun. So today, I think we're unpacking the first two of them since we made an introduction as to what the, this relationship what kind of pathway looks like today we're going to talk about singleness and dating which i'm super super excited i want you to pull out your notebooks get something to write with because some of the stuff we're going to be able to give you is practical now listen to me you're married and you've been married for years the things that we're going to talk to single people is going to help you i've been married for a while i don't need to talk about dating you probably do need to talk about dating. If you don't need to talk about dating, then some of the stuff that you're going to learn here, you can share with somebody else who is actually in a dating relationship. But I want to give you three things. When it comes to singleness, real quick, when it comes to singleness, three things. Number one, singleness is not a stigma. Singleness is not a stigma. There is nothing wrong with you because you are single. I believe that we've turned this thing into the dirty S word. It's like you're single. Like you walk into church sometimes and for the prolonged time that you are single, you feel like everybody's looking at you and everybody's trying to hook you up. Your pastor. Every man that walks in. He could be cross-eyed. I mean, he could have job, no job. I mean, it just, what about him? No. What about him? No. I'm married to Jesus. <laughs> But there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you're walking through a season of singleness. I believe that culture um, and family, I, church sometimes, your friends, it makes you feel sometimes like you're a failure or that you're less than because you don't have nobody. It feels like you're in this prison sentence where just like, you know, right now I'm kind of hurting and I'm kind of in a bad space because I'm single. Yo, single is not a stigma. There is nothing wrong with you. And this season, we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like because I think that it's going to be able to help you to walk through some things and understand that though you are single, that doesn't make you, doesn't make, mean that you have to feel shameful or incomplete. Yeah, singleness is it's not a problem. It's, it's, it's something that God created in a time for you because it's significant. It's, significant. it's a time period, a season that God um, wants you to understand that it's a time for you to know yourself. It says in Matthew 22, 37 through 39, he just read it. It says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But then it says, and the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So last week we talked about getting to know yourself and things of that, but you, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. It, think about how you treat yourself sometimes when you're talking to yourself in the, in, in, in the deep thoughts of your mind, you're like, oh, I hate myself. I don't like the way I look. Uh, I, I'm so ugly sometimes. Or, or, or we just settle, we, we settle for way less. You know, I know I deserve someone better, but uh, we violate our bodies, we, we violate our hearts, our desires, our wishes of what we think will be good for us just because we don't care about ourselves. We constantly put ourselves down. And I know ladies, I think maybe we struggle with, but guys, you guys struggle with this too, insecurities, thinking about yourself and say, you know what, I don't got the abs that he has. No one's going to want me because, you know, I messed up in life or I did some bad things. And we begin to devalue ourselves. And if we begin to devalue ourselves, how are we going to turn around and love someone else? We're going to love them the way that we love ourselves. Deep down inside, that's the way it works. And God is saying, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if that's what he's telling us to do, does he want us to devalue our neighbor? 
or our partner or, or who, we're, who we're in a relationship with. No, he wants us to love ourselves, find ourselves, and take the time when you're single, because it is a significant time or season in your life, to learn about yourself. So I talked about it a little bit last week. God wants us to get to know ourselves. God wants us to process and heal some of the things that we've gone through in our past. And, and God wants us to learn who we are. Not only that, he wants to make us understand what our purpose is. So find our purpose. And then, and then you know what? Go after it. Let me tell you something. When you're single, you can take so much more risk than when you're married or you have someone else to think about. And then you throw kids into it, forget it. Man, I'm not gonna go and, and, and start a new business when I got three kids that I gotta worry about making sure that they're fed and they have clothes and a place to live because what if that business fails and now we're homeless? No, I have to think about that. When you're single, you know what? Hey, I can take, you have, you have the ability to take a little bit more risk in your life. Use your singleness as a time for significant, um, something significant in your life. Absolutely. I, I wish that I would have taken the time um, during my singleness, to just even just the, to process the, the immensity, the, the bigness of what Lydia just said. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can only love your neighbor at the level that you love yourself. And I wish that I would have taken time to just work on me um, instead of taking it through the hard road years and years of like, yo, okay, let's figure this out. Why am I doing this? Processing and having to fail and having to stand back up. And if I would have done that, listen, is a marriage perfect because you started all the work at the beginning and you did great? No, no. bro. That's not the way this thing works, but you're so far ahead. You're way far ahead than a lot of us that have had to process in the middle of a relationship and try to figure out why is it that every time that she points something out at me, I get upset and I get mad and I get defensive when she's actually helping me. Why is it that I yearn for her to love me? Do give me more, give me more. I need more sex. I need more food. I need more everything. Give me everything. And I'm 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 trying to get her to fill a void that only God can fill because of rejection, because of loneliness, because of things that I allowed to find themselves rooted in my life. That now I'm projecting it on her and I'm wanting. These are things that I had to process mine out of my life so that not only can I love her well, but I can accept her love well. So number one, I think singleness is not a stigma. Number two singleness is significant just like Lydia said but then number three yo singleness is not loneliness yeah. we tend to put them together we tend to think just because a person yo honestly Lid, like I feel like the people who are single they got more friends than oh, married yeah. people it's true that's right like yo they're hanging they out they're do doing all of this stuff like baby can I go night. like yeah like <laughs> It's like you on Instagram, their stories are like from three o'clock in the morning. Oh, we were turning. What? Like, I'm at the house going to sleep at 930. I barely can look at people. <laughs> 10 o'clock, I'm done. But they're like hanging out. They're having fun. What happens is that when you're single, you have the opportunity, like Lid said, to be able to, to have friendships. You're open. You're, you have a little bit more time and flexibility. Well, Chino, I don't have no friends. I'm single and I do feel lonely. Well, can I encourage you? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, it's going to come up on the screens, chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness, meaning that you want what everybody else has. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, this is God, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I know when it comes to relationship, it's like, yeah, I love God and I got God, but man, I want a boo thing. Like I need a man, I need a woman, like I can't hold God. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't cuddle with God. The cuddling is not going to last as long as God is going to last. 
and in moments where your brokenness is so hurting, a man, a woman is not going to fix you. It's going to be God, the one that's going to be able to fulfill and help you in those areas. I know you want to hold somebody, but you have somebody that's holding you. I want to tell you real quick, there's three dangers that you have to be very careful when you turn singleness into loneliness. Danger number one is that you think that a relationship or a marriage is going to help you escape from loneliness. That a marriage is meant to get you out of the season of loneliness. When I get married, that's when I'm going to be fine and I'll have somebody there and it's like, yo, that's going to put you in a really bad spot because what will happen is that there's a danger that you can just settle. Just like what Lid talked about a second ago. Anybody who comes, yes, he's aggressive. Yes, he screams. Yes, he doesn't have a job. Yes, he keeps borrowing my money in my car but I can fix them you know yeah I know you know she you know I know she you know she's always bubbly and you know flirty and and I know she you know she talks to everybody and she's like she's so she's a high personality you know what I mean like she's just <laughs> with everybody I get it but like she's gonna change when she's with me probably not bro Probably not. And you have to be careful because there's a danger that you can settle. I think the second danger that you have to think about is that when, you, when you're broken and you're hurting and you're lacking or maybe you're in just a single season where you're trying to learn about yourself, you're trying to mine out, take out some things that are real, expose them to God and have God heal those things. Your insecurities, your defensiveness, your rejection issues, your loneliness, all of these things that you're like during your single season, you can actually unpack the suitcase of your soul that we talked about and bear it before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to look at these things and help me walk through these things but what can happen though is that there is a danger that if you don't process those things then you begin to think well I'm gonna get with that person because that person is strong in the Lord hallelujah glory to God and that person is going to heal me and that person is gonna help me and that person is gonna fix me and you walk into relationships trying to pull things out of people that they weren't meant to give you and it could be vice versa and I'm telling you that is some of the most painful lessons that you will ever learn when you try to get fixed by a man or a woman and you're 15 years into a relationship thinking to yourself, what did I do? So first couple of dangers I think yeah. that are important. So the third danger we want to talk about is, is it's, a, it's actually a, a statistic. The statistic is that 45% of marriages end in divorce. So if you're going into it thinking, oh, it's going to get better when I'm married, the statistic proves that it's not. Let's, let's just take an illustration real quick. If you are going to go on a flight and fly somewhere, anywhere you want, the, the most exclusive place in the world, the place you've been dreaming of. Hialeah. But the statistic, hi, for you, I'm going to Italy. You go. Going to Hialeah. <laughs> oh, the statistic, if the statistic was that 45% people will make it and the other 55, right? That's right. 50, my math, you know, 55% won't make it. We ain't taking the flight, right? Okay, so why are we getting married if 45%, right? No, it's important that we get married, but you got to go into it with the right perspective, okay? Maybe because you rush in or maybe because you neglect the process while you're single or being prepared, that's what's, that's what's causing the statistic to be so high. It's because we're going into marriage blindly, thinking it's going to fix all of our problems, when in reality, it only, what is that word, Exempt, um, makes it exasperates yeah. or, or makes uh, it bigger. Amplifies, Your, magnifies. Amplifies, yeah. magnifies the issues that you have within your own heart. Mm. Okay, so married people, this doesn't exclude you. Remember, we've been talking about this the entire time, that just because 
you are married doesn't mean that you can't set goals for your for your relationships. We talked about that last week. We need to set goals throughout each of the pathways that God has put. So even if you're married, you got if you're having some issues within your marriage, maybe you just need to think through these things and sit down with your partner and start talking to them because maybe you haven't fully developed some of the things that God wants to process in you. Maybe you need more patience. Maybe you need a little more self-control with your thoughts and your ideas. Maybe you just need a little more grace. Maybe you don't got it all figured out and you know he doesn't have it all figured out, but like you need to give him a little good, bit of grace to maybe run into a wall, make a mistake, do some things and let them, ha- let them make their mistakes and then lift him up. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just bottom line. You just need better hygiene. Like maybe you just need to take showers. I mean, because honestly, like if you stink, they don't want to be with you, all right? They're, I mean, or you know what? You leave your underwears on the floor or, you know, you don't flush the toilet. There are things. And women, we do stuff like that too, okay? We're kind of gross too at times. Yeah, there, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's, a, there's some character-shaping qualities that I think we learn when we're single. Things that you actually have to process. Like, yo, don't just throw your toothpaste wherever you want to. Don't just leave it out. And then the top of it gets hard. So then your spouse has to come and squeeze the toothpaste because it's the crusty piece at the top. Like, I mean, they're just little things that when you're single, you start looking at these things and you start getting better at them. So that, that's just a little tidbit. Single people, married people, work on yourself. You're the target. Process through some of these things. Go back and listen to these. If you're dating, if you're engaged, if you're at the brink of a relationship, if you're single and not ready to mingle, you're single and you're under construction, you're still trying to figure stuff out, slow down. There's nothing wrong with you. Continue to discover you and you're going to be able to give the best version of you to your spouse, to your husband or your wife. And if I'm honest with you, I hate that the world has always said the better half. If you're a half a person and you marry a half a person, that's going to be half of a marriage. You need to become a whole person and meet a whole person to have a whole marriage don't let culture media trends don't let drake fool y'all bro so number one is the, the the singleness it's not a stigma i don't think there's nothing wrong with you singleness is 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 it's significant and it's not loneliness and then number the second part of what we want to talk about is in dating So, right, so you go from singleness and hopefully you meet somebody. Like, I like her. I'm attracted to her physically. I like what she looked like. Girl, you bad. I like you. I like to watch you walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Some of y'all are so slow. Some of y'all were like, why does it, why so me? Oh. But like, you, you, you gotta, you, you, I I like you. I dig you. I like the way that you look. Amanda just caught it. I, I like you. I think you're too young. Don't do that. I like you. But then, you know, I want to, I feel like we match, you know what I'm saying? Like mentally, like we we connect in a certain way. So like, you know what? I want to, I feel like I want to get to know this person. And then we step into a dating relationship. And I think that dating relationship is broke up into two areas. I think there is culture. um, The bad way is recreational dating. And then I think that there's intentional dating. Recreational dating, I think is disastrous. Um, I think it's dating and you have a ton of fun and you're free. Which is okay to have fun when you're dating. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that ends up, if, you, if you're not careful and not intentional with it, that will end up in one night stands. Yeah. Impulsive infatuations where you're like, oh my God, overwhelmed with a person. And short-term relationships where you're bouncing from one date to another date, from one person to another person, they begin to overlap each other. And you're starting to have overlapping love affairs with different individuals. This also leads to drama. 
it leads to conflict. It leads to some complications. Maybe kids. So it leads to kids. <laughs> it leads to some areas that right now, recreational dating, just bouncing around, dating whoever. I'm just going to see whatever. I'm going to throw it up on the wall. And if it sticks, it sticks. What happens with that is that when you start doing that stuff, it's so much focused on the now, but it's going to destroy you in the later. Yeah. So recreational dating where you're just having fun and it's, I think the word that we've used so much in, in the world, it's used the word casual. It's casual relationships. It's casual sex. But casual can turn into casualties real easy. Casual can kill you. Because what happens is that you start watching as you casually date different people and your heart, your heart starts getting hard. And you start feeling like you're cynical and your self-esteem starts to shrink. Now you feel like you're not the person that you used to be because every single person did something. I remember this illustration a hundred years ago when it comes to anger can be used to relationships as well where this this person, he, he's trying to illustrate what it looks like to be in several relationships and he grabs a nail and he takes a nail and he puts a nail inside of a, inside of a, of a board and then he pulls a nail out and then he puts another nail. And he puts another nail, and he puts another nail, and another nail, and another nail, another nail, another nail. And before you know it, he starts taking out these nails. And then when he looks at the board, the board is filled with holes, it's cracked, it's broken, it's useless. And I'm not saying that you are useless, but you can find yourself where that's what you give to your husband or your wife. And when you do get married and you do find that person, you're like, hey, God can restore. Yo, listen to me. Hold on one second. I want you to understand this. God can heal. And God can restore. He is incredibly good at it. He does it in such a way. He restored my life. My life was an absolute disaster. We've shared our story. Go to Growth Track. We're going to share our story today. We've, I've had some issues in my life and God has restored me. He's healed me in those areas. So please understand that there's redemption. But bro, we're trying to save you a lot of heartache because it sucks. It sucks to walk yourself into there and you still see those scars. It really sucks to walk into that. So be careful with casualty because what will end up happening is that you're going to lose time. You're going to lose vision. You're going to lose hope. You're going to lose money in the midst of it. The greatest example of this that you see, and you've seen it. I know you've seen it. First Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 33 is not on, not on there, but it says that good company, bad company corrupts good morals, right? So you've seen this when you know that girl that she was a good girl, but then she got with that guy that you were like, yo, you got no business hanging with that guy. That guy is no good. And all of a sudden you see your friends start to change. And she starts doing things that she never did before. She starts talking a certain way. She stops answering text messages. It's not just the ladies, but fellas the same way. The dude who's in church, he loves the Lord and he meets the girl. And he's like, I, I'm going to be holy. And, and no, you're not. You're a liar. <laughs> and you're going to get yourself hurt. So be careful during that season because casualty can actually hurt you and it can become, I'm sorry, casual can turn into casualties. Yeah, that's right. So what we want to suggest to you is intentional dating. Intentional dating is, is not dating um, where you just find yourself there for long term. Uh, intentional dating, dating should be, um, a de uh, is, it's not a destination, it should be the transportation for you to get from your sing singleness into a, 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 co a covenant relationship with someone. So, so if you're just going into it casually, like he explained, there's going to be a lot of casualties that come out of that and a lot of complications that come out of that. So what we're, what we're saying is let's be intentional about the way that we are dating someone. It's not, it's, it's, it's not about the amount of people that you're dating because you can 
be uh, dating um, multiple, not multiple people at the same time, but you don't have to just date one person and, and that's the last person and be intentional with that person. Let's say you can intentionally date someone and go through a process with them because your intentions are, am I really compatible with this person? Does this person believe the same thing I believe? Is this person, there's a lot of things that you want to think about when you're, when you're dating with someone. Are we even just compatible like as far as the way that we um, um, work through conflict? Okay, because that's a big deal. If, if you're dating someone and they don't know how to work through conflict with you and you've, worked, you've tried, hey, this is the way we should do it, this is what we should do, this is, and, it, and it doesn't work, that's, that's a red flag. That's something that you need to look at and take a consideration. I, so, I think I just piggyback that yeah, real yeah. quick before you, we don't want to add more work to you, but I, I do want to say my culture, and I, I know that there's a lot of African-American, there's a lot of Hispanic here, there's a lot of island people who are here. In our culture, we know of people that they're dating for 30 freaking years. Oh, yeah. And it's like, do you want, are you ever getting married? And they're like, for what? <laughs> and they have, they have 10 kids with 10 different baby mamas. So that, that right there is a danger in and of itself, especially in our culture, especially in my culture that I see it happen so much. I see people like your parents that are celebrating 50 years. That's, a, that's an anomaly. That's an anomaly. But Cubans, we don't, you know, we'll sit there and shack up and it'll be 10 years down the line and the kids are sitting there and what you begin to teach the kids is that like, my dad can walk out at any moment. My mom can walk out at any moment. There's no binding covenant. So I think it's super important. I just wanted to add that because I yeah. don't think I added that. Down. So yeah, dating is not a destination. It's, 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 what you, it's what you use as transportation. So when you're intentionally dating, we want to we wanna talk to you about what is like, a, a, what they put in the book is called a 90-day challenge. And in the 90-day challenge, there's three different things you want to go through. So what you want to do is take 90 days. And I know you think 90 days when you're dating or you're just meeting someone, that's a long time to wait for anything. But it's three months. Take three months and ask yourself these three things and go through these three things as a couple. Because at the end, what that's going to do is going to give you the opportunity to be able to um, look at this relationship and say, is this something good where we can continue? Or is this something that, you know what, it's just not going to work out? That doesn't mean that that's a bad person or, or, or you're a bad person. It just means you're not good together. And that's okay. I think, you should, I think you should communicate that at the beginning. Like, yo, I interest you. You interest me. Right now, it doesn't mean that we're dating like in a romantic relationship. Let's just take these 90 days and let's just get to know each other before we start making anything official. Like, before I check off the little yes, no, maybe box and I put yes, I want to yes. be your girlfriend or boyfriend. Before we do that, let's just take these 90 days and let's get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, so number one, if you're taking notes, discuss with your partner three greatest relationship fears. I mean, this could, this could be, well, I'm scared that you're going to pressure me to have sex. And I don't want to have sex before I'm married. Or, or I'm a little bit scared to tell you some of my deep, dark secrets because I feel like you're going to share them with your friends. Or, uh, you know what? In the past, I really haven't been um, considered that important or my voice is that important. And I'm scared that you're going to treat me the same way. Or, you know what, I have, I have all these hopes and I want to put all this stuff into it, but I'm, I'm a little bit scared that you're going to abandon me and we're gonna, I'm going to be let down. So these are just fears, relational fears that everyone has when they're going into a relationship. But the, most, the more honest you are 
with your partner, they can understand where you're coming from and you can understand where they're coming from. And then you got you can make the, uh, a very clear decision on, is this a good thing to continue? The second thing is you got to agree on boundaries. All right. So we're not trying to be legalistic. We're not trying to put more work into this. And it might, it might seem sometimes when you put boundaries on this, but what you want to do is you want to create a safe space for the relationship to actually either happen or not happen. So you know what? You need to have boundaries just because you think you're older and you're in you. I can take care of myself and I have self-control. You know what? It, it's going to lead to self. It's going to lead to some frustrations if you don't verbally explain your expectations and boundaries that you have so some helpful boundaries have a curfew look hey we're gonna hang out but we're not gonna hang out past midnight every night like that's not gonna happen or we're only gonna meet up a couple times out of the week so that I still have some time to do my personal things you know we're not how far are you gonna go let's talk about how far we're gonna go as far as touching is concerned are we gonna actually kiss and hold hands or you know are we gonna go further can I French kiss and do that and still be okay all right, but these are things that you together as a couple need to come up. Um, uh, uh, some of the things are, are we gonna send, don't send risky texts. You know, don't, don't send those lovey-dovey flirtatious things to me because that's just gonna get me going to a point. The peaches or the eggplant. Yes. <laughs> Everybody under 30. Everybody under 30 laughed. Everybody under 30. You know, um, what about music and, and movies? What music and, uh, and movies are we watching? Are we going to watch a movie that is all about lovey-dovey, have sex scenes, things of that nature? No, let's, let's kind of stay away. Let's just do the action films, okay, for now. And let's just, let's do that. Or the Passion or, of the Christ. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's intense right there. <laughs> but if you want to do Passion of the Christ, do Passion of the Christ. That's fine. Um, and, and let's say, hey, let's do a boundary. We're not going to chill in a horizontal position. Like, we're not going to just go lay down in the bed or on the couch together. Let's, let's keep everything. And, and another good one is let's, let's only go out when we're, there's groups of people. So not saying you have to be with a group of people, but, like, go to a restaurant where there's other people that can hold you accountable. You don't need to know them. You don't need to be part of them. But you're not going to go have sex or go too far in front of those people in a public place. You know, and, and like I said, it might seem pretty, like, it might be a little bit legalistic or petty to have to go through things, but it's very important that you create that safe space so that you can date this person intentionally and have a healthy um, relationship and bring glory to God in your relationship. Um, the last thing that we want to talk to you is, um, is have focused conversations. The third thing is have focused conversations. Sometimes you just don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't know how to have a great relationship with someone. Maybe you've never really had uh, a real relationship or maybe you've never seen a real relationship. Do this, read a book together. The five love languages, find out what your love language is and do things like that. So like if they like gifts, go buy them gifts. You know, if, if they like the physical touch, that's good, but don't go too far with that, have boundaries. But you know, holding hands or a nice little like, I, I'm just gonna touch you on your arm and then keep it moving and keep keep away, you can do that. There are some ways you can do the physical touch. But yeah, read the book that we're, we're doing this, Relationship Goals by, by Mike, Mike Todd. Or there's another one that's called, what is it? Uh, Relational Intelligence by Darius Daniels. Those are good ones. Incredible books. And, and, and so, like we've been saying, married folks, married folks, remember, we're always still going. So just because you get married, everything just doesn't end and you, don't, you stop working on yourself. 
We're always working on ourselves to be better as single people, as individual people, as married people. And so use the principles, use these principles um, for your marriage to make it stronger. And if like you have a strong marriage, wow, come talk to me because I want some of your input and guidance in that. So use your wisdom to share. Okay, so if you got a great marriage and you can talk to some of these young folks that are, are, are maybe engaged or are or, 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 or starting to date, share. Share what you are doing to help them through that situation that they're going through. And remember that the, the, the decisions that you made while you were dating, before you got married, they still impact, impact the marriage that you're going through. So if you kind of messed up when you were dating, you had sex before you got married, that can be an impact. So talk to your, your spouse about that. Talk to them and say, hey, you know, we had sex before we were married. Um, do you feel that, that we brought something into our marriage that maybe we need to work through because of that? Have an open conversation. Have a focused conversation with your, your spouse. Yeah, I think it's super important. Before you ever start dating, take, take this for three months and just, man, talk about your fears. Just discuss it with each other. Have real conversations about the things that concern you. Agree to some boundaries. Hey, if we do move forward in this relationship, like these are some of the things that I don't want to do. I don't want to have sex before marriage. Like there's certain things that I just don't want to do. I think that's super important. And I think having focused conversations, uh, Mike Todd, all of the books that she talked about, I think are super incredible to read a chapter together and then just say like, yo, we read the chapter. Let's talk. You're on FaceTime all day long, sitting on the phone, you know, chatting and doing all of this stuff. Like, yo, let's have something to talk about. Let's really work through some of this stuff that's going to create healing inside of you. Um, I do think, though, that when it comes to relationships, right? So if you're single um, or maybe you're in a space right now, two, two different people. Number one, you've entered that 90-day kind of friendship challenge and you talk through it. And at the end of 90 days, you're like, okay, I don't think we've shared the same values and I don't think we're heading in the right direction. I don't think this is going to work with them and it needs to end. For some of us, we may be dating whether we're here in person or maybe we're watching online. If you're married, close your ears. This has nothing to do with you. We can talk. We have another sermon that's going to happen in two weeks that I think is going to be able to help you. But you can talk to us directly. You don't have to wait two weeks. But if you're dating right now or some people even are in the point right now walking, watching or whatever that are engaged and a lot of red flags that you've just let happen over and over and over and you just walk through it because you're just like, ah, whatever, you know? You don't have to stay in the relationship. You have not entered into covenant. And I, I'm, we're giving you a free pass to be able to say, yo, let's take a break for a second. I got to work on some of this stuff because I'm about to, once you enter into covenant, that's going to change the entire game. But before you step into marriage, you can actually backtrack for a second and work through some of these things. But if it does need to come to an end, can I help you? Because that's hard. I mean, that's, that's just tough. Some of us, we're still in relationships because we don't know how to break up. I mean, it's just real. Like, we just don't know how to just say, okay, I'm tired of you hitting me. I'm tired of you cheating on me. I'm tired of you verbally abusing me. I think for some of us, we don't know how to do those things. So how do we make it end when they're in a dating relationship? I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. It says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. This verse should help a lot of us that are thinking, do I teach sixth grade next year or do I teach seventh grade? God is not caring about what you do. He's caring about who you become, right? So do whatever you do. 
do it all to the glory of God. I think we need to apply this to relationships. And I think if we bring this and we do a relationship to the glory of God, I think we can ask ourselves two questions that will help us. Is this person I'm dating bringing glory to God? If scripture is telling us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32, therefore, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Is this person bringing glory to God? Is this somebody that's actually pushing me closer to God? Or is this somebody that I'm like, oh my gosh, I know they got issues. I know they have everything, but I'm going to fix them. We talked about that a minute ago. You have to be very careful. She's bad. I like to see her walk away. She's incredible. She's the only person that gets me. Is it bringing glory to God? Yo, I'm, I'm, I know, Chino, that's super old school. No, it's super going to help your heart because it's going to get destroyed if you continue to walk that way. It's super, I'm trying to help you. Listen to me. I know she bad. I know he got a six pack. I know she got a thick back, but I promise you it's going to hurt you. I'm telling you out of experience, I'm trying to help you. Is this person bringing glory to God? Listen to what the Bible says, and I'm going to read it in the, in the message version. God, and I put it in my, on my phone and I don't have it. But the Bible says, be, anybody see my phone? My phone somewhere over there? It was in the back? No? Somewhere around there? Okay. Listen to what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We actually got it on the screen, so it's fine. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Can we put it on this screen? Or no? I dropped it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. No? Okay, cool. So this is what we do. I'm going to step out of the screen for just a second. Y'all ready? Here we go. I'm going to help y'all. Do not become partners with those who reject God. He gave me my, I know, but I already got this and I'm already committed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I can't do it. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to edit that part out of the tape right there. Uh, praise the Lord. All right, listen to what it says. Do not become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. How many, of, how many of you have ever been in a relationship in the past, in the future, in the present, where all of a sudden you've recognized that you guys are unequally yoked? One person's going one way, one person's going the other way, and it feels like war. Everything is just war. It's, is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what you are. Each of us is a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I, I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I will be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master, God. Yo, Chino, that's super tough. Yes, it's super tough because at the end of the super toughness, if you don't follow it, it's going to break your heart and it's going to put some spaces in you where your child is going to be sick with a fever and you're going to have somebody that says, well, that's just what happens. I want to have a person in my life like my wife that's going to grab a little vial of oil and before she gets that Tylenol or that NyQuil, that she puts it on that baby's forehead and she begins to claim the promises of God over that child. That when the bills don't look like they're coming, that they know that there is a provider found in God. Somebody that's not going to sit there and say, we're going to lose it all we're gonna die but it's gonna say babe we need to get on our knees and we need to search for this God that's gonna help us and provide for us you need to have somebody that's gonna be walking with you because if not it's gonna be fall out 
war. Number one, is that person that I'm dating bringing glory to God? And number two, is how we're dating bringing glory to God? Is how we're dating bringing glory to God? Or are they finding us, if people saw us, would they see us in the back of the Walmart and our windows are up and the car is steamy? Would, if somebody had a microscope to look at our relationship, will it bring glory to God? Does it need to end? You need to ask yourself these questions. Number three, I feel like this is something that if you're in a relationship dating or if you are in a business relationship, if you are in a friendship relationship, this can go across the gambit. Listen to me. Are they adding value to me? You need to start asking yourself that because there are people that are in your life and all they're doing is just taking from you. They're taking your time. They're taking your energy. I think it's John Gordon. They called them energy suck, energy vampires. They're just taking from you. And the relationship is like, every time I talk to them, they're asking me for $20. Every time I talk to them, they're asking me for something. The only time they call me is to ask me for something. You need to evaluate some of these relationships and start asking yourself, yo, are these relationships creating and developing value in me? Like, am I getting value out of them? Does that mean that you stop reaching the lost? No, that's a mandate to give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you're in a relationship with somebody, that's a whole different story. You need to be very careful to ask yourself, are they adding value to me? So real quick, real quick, as we, uh, we want to know how to break up with someone. So now you've come to the idea, okay, this is not going to work out. And you've done the 90-day challenge. How are you going to break up? I'm going to give you three things to do. Super easy, super quick. Not super easy, but quick. Blame it on your pastor. Say, my pastor told me I had to break yeah. up with you. Number one, end it quickly. All right? Do it immediately. Don't think again. about What's it. Number end one? it quickly. End it quickly. Do it immediately. If you know right away, like, this is not going to work, make the decision and do it quickly. Don't wait three weeks before you do it. I know it's hard to confront. I know it's hard to get into someone and talk to them and maybe eventually hurt their feelings because of this. But you need to do it. You both will be better off in the long run. Number two, be kind. Be kind, okay? Don't be mean about it. Don't do it over text message. Do it in person. Hey, I love that you're this way and that way, but this and this doesn't go well with me, and I don't think we're going to do well together. It's just going to make it bad. Let's give, give people um, the same consideration that you would want when someone is telling you something that you might not want to be hearing. Um, and number three... Hold on. Before you jump in there, I just wanted to throw a little tidbit in there. Um, I, I want to be... For those of you that are watching online, but if you're watching here in person as well, if you are in an abusive relationship, if you're in a relationship where somebody can get physical with you or somebody can actually hurt you or do something that's probably not going to help you um, and standing face to face with them is probably not going to be the best thing for you to do, then I think in those cases, either involve somebody into the conversation, you can involve me into the conversation, um, or you can actually do it by a text message and just tell them like, hey, yes. listen, just let's, let's end this thing. Try not to call me no more. Block the person. Stop following them on Facebook. Stop doing the things and make it, which I think my wife is going to and explain make it clean yeah and so last thing is 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 end it cleanly okay don't leave any open endings well maybe if you work on yourself and maybe i work on herself maybe that kind of stuff doesn't work in the future we'll, we'll try it, yeah, in the future yeah no we're not trying anything in the future you're going to end it cleanly it's it's the end we are not going further with this relationship you need to end it quickly you need to be kind be you know think about their feelings and then you need to end it Cleanly. Yeah, I think, I think, kind of pulling from that, I think every relationship pathway should have an end. Here's what I mean: when you're single, there should be an end to you. 
here's what I mean. Who you used to be, that jealous person that you used to be, the confrontational person that you used to be, the defensive person that you used to be, you should process and you should deal with those things and you should find healing in such a way that you can eventually end and say the end on that old person before you walk into a relationship the old me is dead and no longer here it's last week we celebrated i mean some of we loved the two individuals that came up here and were actually baptized and that's significant of going down that's ended me and I'm coming back I died and I'm coming back in newness of life and I think it's super important that during the single process there's some things that die in you there's some things that fall off of you as you head into the other one that there's an end to certain singleness I think that there needs to be an end to recreational dating I think you need to actually be able to say yo I don't want to walk into this space just giving my heart to everybody and just seeing who holds it softer because it's going to hurt and it's going to suck and there needs to be an end to that. And I think that you need to close the door on temptation, on working, wasting time. All of those things need to end. But I think even the dating relationship, when you get to a place where you met somebody and you're like, yo, I dig you. You dig me. We're in a good space. That relationship needs to end. You don't need to be in relationship or dating for 30 years. Like my wife said, dating is not a destination. It's transportation to take you to the next journey. But I also think that there needs to be an end um, to that you know what that is the sin um, the abuse the pain the shame the guilt there needs to be an end to that and if in that relationship you're experiencing those things there has to be either a time of like yo I gotta work on me or there needs to be a clean cut end in that relationship because um, God doesn't want you to be in that relationship God doesn't want you to be in an abuse relationship God doesn't want to hurt you but I also think that there needs to be, for us to have a healthy relationship, there needs to be an end to you. Where you end is where God begins. Surrender, right? We, uh, we go, if you're in the Navy or whatever branch of military you are, I think it's old school. I don't even think they do this anymore. But if they wave the red or white flag or if they put their hands up. And they just say, like, if a police officer stops you and you put your hands up, I, that, that is the international sign of surrender and for some of us we just need to throw our hands up we've been trying to figure it out for way too long on our own we've been fighting through things and trying to end things on our own and i'm trying to fix myself and i'm trying to do all of these things and yo in reality god is just asking for you to just throw your hands up and just surrender there there needs to be a the end in you where you're no longer trying to make it happen but you're putting your life in the hands of the creator that's already made it happen. All the peace that you need, all the strength that you need, all the joy that you need, it's wrapped up and found in, in Jesus. And for some of us in this place, whether we have come here for the first time or, or, or maybe we've been coming and or watching online and we haven't made a decision to fully just throw our hands up and say, Jesus, my life is yours. I, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. How do I do that, Chino? Do I need to come up to the front? Are we going to sacrifice the chicken? Like, what do we need to do right now? Do I need to pay tithes? Like, how much? You want 20? How much? What do you need? Let's go. No. The Bible is very clear and it's very simple. That the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, prayer, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, faith, that if you have those things, that you shall be saved. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to help you. 
because as you take this step for some of you that you've been dealing with the shame the guilt the sin the anger the pain for way too long and today you're ready to throw your hands up and just say lord i need your healing i'm surrendering to you if that's you in this place i, I want to give you some practical next steps to take number one we're going to pray together and number two you're going to believe in your heart that what you're praying to the person that you're praying to is going to save you and is going to move you from a season of hurt, pain, darkness, and death into a season of life. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at mygreater.